Hi, folks. This podcast is recorded in a house with animals, and some of them can be quite noisy. Some of them can also be a pain in the butt. Uh, so if a cat interrupts, you'll, you'll know. You'll know. The other thing is this podcast is marked explicit because we swear a lot. That's about all we do. But podcast companies, man, they only give you two choices, uh, explicit or clean. And we got to go with explicit. Really sorry about that. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 127. It is the holidays here in the U.S. We have a lot of time off. We have a lot of people out of work in terms of vacation. I mean, we have a lot of people out of work, too, because of unemployment. Not not trying to downplay that at all. Uh, but it isn't a very productive week around here because there it's the holidays and a lot of people are out and a lot of people are traveling and a lot of people are spending time with family. And so I encourage you, if you happen to have the time off, to do the same. Uh, I'm recording this on Christmas Eve. It will be released the day after Christmas, so I hope you had a happy holiday if you celebrate. And if you don't, I had. I hope you had a, a happy couple days off if you happen to be in a country that gets those days off. So, uh, bully for you. On that note, uh, we are going to pretty much go straight into our interview this week. This week we were talking to Amy, and I had an absolutely fantastic conversation with Amy, and I hope you guys enjoy it too. And I'll be right back with that right after this. Hi, folks. I am here today with Amy, and Amy has graciously agreed to talk about how she stays productive. So, Amy, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what it is you do? My name is Amy Polian. I'm a CIS white woman in my 60s. I was born in New England. I've lived in various places in the U.S., Mexico, and Canada. And then 35 years ago or so, I moved to Maine. Oh, and my. now I live, yeah, as far east as you can go. Uh, I live on an island in Frenchman Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, my partner and I uh, built a 20 by 30 post and beam that I'm coming live to you now yeah. from. <laughs> uh, I have a day job in administration. Mm-hmm. I am good at organizing, but I don't like to be in front of the camera podcasts excluded. Yeah. Um, so I have managed systems in healthcare, higher ed, and philanthropy for about 50 years now. All right. And, uh, yeah. And I've, I've done this because I understand that as a person, I am a lot happier if I have a steady income stream. Capitalism's a bitch like that, yeah. Yep. Uh, now, when you say systems management, are we management? Are we talking IT? Are we talking processes? Are we talking? I mean, what are what are we talking about? 
Well, I predate IT. Okay. I have come up through IT. <laughs> I speak Python and DOS. Okay, yeah. Occasionally more valuable because of that. Um, Truth. I started by managing people, mm -hmm. and I still do a fair amount of that. But I was also on the committees and teams that um, produced the first basic Medicare forms nice. for the Healthcare Financing Administration. And I have been a college registrar, um, been a, a labor union um, go-between, wherever somebody needed someone who could speak mm -hmm. long enough for stuff to get done without anybody throwing a punch. It's it's a skill. It's a it skill. It is a skill. Yeah, it really is. Yep. So in all of that, and you've had a lot of time to build it up and put it together and, and find the right pieces and all that, uh, how do you keep yourself organized? So we're a PC household. Okay. Um, and I started before computers, and computers have been like a dream come true. Right. So I use Google Work Suite. I have an Android Pixel. Um, I lean heavily on photo documentation for mm -hmm. everything. Growth stages, tracking rainfall and weather, before and after pictures of infrastructure. Nice. Uh, succession and rotation planting. And I'm also a painter. So I use it for composition, object studies, documentation. Uh, you need to document your work so that you sell oh, yeah. more work. Oh, yeah. I use uh, Google Keep a lot. I think that's very underrated software. It really is, yeah. Um, you know, the peripherals, the stuff like who I spoke to at the Fedco tree sale about Russian quince trees. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I keep that. I'm deep into spreadsheets for my advocacy and logistics work. Mm hmm Spreadsheets are pretty lightweight, easy to translate, uh, other languages and other software. Yep. Mistakes are easy to find. Um, <laughs> almost everybody has a rudimentary grasp of columns and rows. Mm -hmm. I use almost no hard copy or handwritten documentation. Um, if I do, it's probably scrawled on my arm with a Sharpie. Yeah. So I can take a photo of it later. I, I can't do that anymore. No. Too much art. Oh, cool. <laughs> That's the best documentation. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it eats, you know, if I go into Black Sharpie, I'm like, crap, what did I write? And watch the tattoo. So, um, as a light skinned white person, yeah. I am a canvas waiting for a mark. <laughs> and I am working very, very uh, frequently with my artist who is just an absolute genius. And, uh, uh, we just finished up my legs from knee to ankle. Oh, nice. I, I can say that now it wasn't so nice <laughs> at the time. Yeah, that's the, pretty thin skin. The, yeah. the space between the kneecap and the, and the, uh, the bone there towards your shin is not, not, mm. not happy, not, not happy at all. Anyway, now you said that, um, the PC revolution has been wonderful. What did you do before the PC revol revolution? Ledger pads. Oh. Ledger pads, mechanical pencils, uh, hundreds. Possibly, I'm probably responsible for an entire landfill of those big 
non-retractable. Oh, yeah. God, I haven't yep. seen one of those in a while. No, that's because I use them all. <laughs> and there was also a fair amount of oral history. Mm-hmm. I mean, we made tapes. We did dictation. Oh, yeah. Uh, when we had a meeting, we had someone doing minutes. And um, I worked at that time for the Fed, so we had early bulletin boards. They weren't, you know, really yeah. personal use computers, but they were a way to organize and record um, what we were doing. Yeah, I think uh, IBM really seemed to, when I was working there in the 90s, still seemed to have that on their mainframes. And it, oh, yes. it wasn't until, let's see, I, I worked there 94 to 96. No, 94 to 96 was New York, 96 to 99. And when I started there, it was still all the old, yes, it may be a PC, but you're logging in with a terminal to the mainframe to get to the, and it's like, really, guys? So the, 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 <laughs> sometimes IBM is a leader and sometimes not so much. Um, well, they don't like to fix it if it ain't broke. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, and then no one, and then of course they, I think they reached that tipping point where their choice was spend a lot of time training people on how to use it or just move to the new thing because everybody who had, grown up with it now had left had either left the company or retired so well yeah. also mm -hmm. it was heavy oh yeah it was it, it was a installation mm -hmm. it was not something that you could flexibly move into another office oh yeah it needed cooling mm -hmm. um it you know it didn't like dust it didn't like to be moved it was way too fragile yeah, the uh, at least by the time I was working at IBM, and it was the instead of the room-sized machines for the mainframes, they had it down to you know it, it looked like a piece of furniture, uh, right? You know, like or a, a washer dryer. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So it wasn't as fragile. It's just uh, it was astounding to walk in and realize that wow, I'm back in the '60s. You know what always mm -hmm. cracks me up mm. is the movie where they go in and they find a whole bank of ancient computers covered with a drop cloth and they they whisk that sucker off and flip a switch and everything lights up. I couldn't do that on a good day. <laughs> oh God, no, no, no. I, I even even on a on an exceptionally good day, I think there are are systems here that aren't even that old that it's like well. It's been off for a week, which means I'm going to have to spend another week getting it to boot properly. That's right. And it's what I do for a living now. So, <laughs> All right. So we've got all this and a great tool set. i got to say, ledger pads. I haven't – well, it says the man who's taking notes on, on paper, uh, on A5 paper to put in the notebook he uses for reference for all the interviews. Um, so let's see. With all that, what – Systems and habits did you develop both, I guess, before and after the PC revolution, and what's carried over and what hasn't? I discovered Stoicism very early. <laughs> uh, it's true. It's a very attractive system to yeah. an eight-year-old. You know, it, it, <laughs> it doesn't require any equipment. 
It's even better if you're not tremendously dignified or formatted about it. Mm-hmm. It's an incredibly flexible system. Um, it's meant to reflect the natural world. It made a lot of sense to me. So I found that um, we didn't have much for a library in the town I grew up in. So it had mostly ancient books, books oh, yes. from people's collections and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and so I, I've stuck with that. It, it's good pre-C, PC, it's good post-PC, mm-hmm. um, contentment, accepting the moment as it presents itself, uh, not allowing oneself to be controlled by the desire for pleasure or the fear of pain. Not that you don't feel pleasure right. or pain, but that you're not chasing or avoiding those things. And really, uh, that that is very workable. Um, I like to keep things very simple. I don't like to remember a lot of my own operating system. It has to come mm-hmm. as needed. And really, other than that, I am very mundane. Uh, <laughs> get up as early as possible, drink a lot of water, do the normal human things for exercise like hoeing mm-hmm. and heaving 50-pound bags of wet soil amendments over your shoulder. You know, you and my wife, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, my partner calls it secret strong. Yes. Uh, I can bench press over 200 pounds, but I look like a nice white lady with gray hair. Uh, I'm constantly surprised when Ursa's like, can you help me move this? And I'm like... I just saw you drag it off the truck. She's like, yeah, but you, your, your musculature and your skeletal system is designed for this kind of lifting. Mine isn't. And I'm like, you got me on that one. You really do. <laughs> so. And then when we, when you, you're sorting out the, you know, like the, the spreadsheets or your keep notes, is it just, keep it very simple, flat structure? Do you have any sort of organizational method in there? The organizational method that I have to use to live mm-hmm. is the calendar. Okay. So I live in an extreme temperate climate. We go from minus 15 to 115 and in that, the course of a year. That's that's Fahrenheit for our European friends. Mm-hmm. Do not freak out. Uh, I used to do it in Kelvin, but people freaked out. <laughs> yeah, anytime I, I, I'm on, I'm talking to my one of my coworkers in like Australia, and I'm like, oh man, it's going to be 105 today. They're like, what is wrong with your country? I'm like, oh, s- sorry, it's going to be about 32. Sorry, right. sorry. <laughs> Still hot. Oh yeah, hot. yeah. But not the surface of the sun. Right, right. Um, so that has spilled over. Mm-hmm into uh, the more uh, ephemeral bits. Okay. Um, so my work is governed by the seasons or the anticipation of what's coming up. So in early spring, I'm prioritizing starting seedlings, then I paint, then I write. In midwinter, I might be writing while the studio warms up to paint. <laughs> right. And uh, so that drives the documentation as well mm-hmm. because in the winter I can uh, research how to work a submersible pump um, and then that finished product 
laps over into July during the drought and becomes a usable piece of information. Right, right. So the calendar is the backbone. The calendar is the backbone. Uh, but And you don't have that same... Now, I'm going to... I'm I'm making an assumption. We know what happens when someone does that. So I'm I'm just I'm I'm a little thin ice here, but I'm guessing since you're not in a, a an office job where you have to keep set hours or anything like that, that makes it a whole lot easier. Well, I do have an office job. Ah, okay. Um, but mm-hmm. I've been there for a while, and they have needs throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So my typical day is seven a.m. to three p.m. Okay. And my commute is only 20 minutes. Ooh. Yeah, nice. And I take my vacation time in Wednesdays. Oh, nice. That's a great way to do it. Yep. So all of this can happen around that deep personal need for a mm-hmm. paycheck and health benefits. Yeah. Because, again, U.S. here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Health benefits. Um so yeah, okay. So that's actually nice. I mean, your commute is almost as good as mine. So and we're rare. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you actually have to go someplace for that twenty minutes. I, if it takes me twenty minutes to get to my office, um, I like to say there's been a three cat pile up on the way downstairs. <laughs> More likely, the <laughs> ha- a dangerous thing. Yeah, the the hounds need to go out. So it's like, oh yes, I will leave the bedroom, and now I have to take the hounds out, and then I have to bring the hounds in, and. You, the the cycle so very simple very straightforward i like that now i'm i'm learning things now thinking thinking how can i how can i streamline some of this just to make it simpler and easier and uh not that i'm under a lot of stress anymore but you know there always always room for improvement always room for improvement well and as soon as you do that Mm -hmm. more stuff will come in and it might be interesting stuff. Uh, after today's Twitter conversation about how apparently we need to get riding water buffalo so that Ursula can take over the world on a buffalo, uh, yeah, it, it never ceases to be dull. I don't think getting water buffalo is going to be a problem in your climate. It's going to be fitting them with those nifty safety glasses. Uh, apparently someone raises them about two hours from us. See? So we can get the calves. Yeah, the safety glasses are the hard part. So. (laughs) Sorry. This conversation is really devolved, hasn't it? (laughs) It's, no, it's great. This is, not many people will dive right into the surreal and keep going with, with us. So it's, usually it's blank looks and what is wrong with you people. So I'm, I'm really happy. Um, and anything else in like the regular habits or uh, <laughs> systems to keep you going before I start rolling into uh, starting your day, which I think you may have already answered. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, when I was, um, well, in the early 70s, I took an ill-advised trip to Chiapas, Mexico. And in my effort to get out of that, I ended mm-hmm. up at Window Rock which is the Four Corners Reservation, Um, uh, taking care of an elderly woman in her last days. Mm -hmm. And this all sounds very uh, probably picturesque, and three weeks is not very long in the span of things, 
but it was one of those significant three weeks. Yeah. Every moment. And she gave me the best advice I've had. She said, start small, start slow, get big, don't speed up. Oh, man. I, uh, it, that's, wow. So that's <clears throat> what I do. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, no, uh, that one's, that one's like, that one's like sinking in and getting the layers and percolating. And I'm like, I could spend an hour just thinking about that statement, how to apply it, and then making it happen. Just wow. And, um, you know, it's funny, I I don't think, in recent years, I want to say, we, we haven't listened to the wisdom of, and you'll pardon the phrasing, our elders. We're, we're both uh, cisgendered, heteronormative white people, and so it's, uh, it's certainly different, but there is, I'm not going to say a gap, but there's been a tendency sometimes to just throw it all away and not find those really important nuggets like that. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. Man. And it kept me safe. And if she'd told me, you know, mm -hmm. be careful, stay safe, you know, that wasn't me at 18. No. But I could look at the projects and the situations mm -hmm. that came up after that and uh, remember that, you know. Yeah easy to remember, and it governed everything. How much stuff I took with me, how I started to mm -hmm. look at work um, of all types. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So there's our deep moment for this conversation, after the surreal moment. Right. Yeah. So that, that leads me to the next question is, um, how do you start your day? And I think you've you know, how do you decide what to do first? And it's driven by the calendar, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And the yes. seasons, and whether today is a go-into-the-office day or a stay-at-home-and-read-research-paint-plant. Right. Re recover from planting. And how much daylight. And how much daylight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's What time does it start getting dark there about now? Now it gets dark at 5.15. Mm -hmm. uh, Midwinter, it'll get dark at 3.30. Yeah. I remember that in uh, when I was living in New York. And it, that was just New York City, but it's, it's just far enough over the line that, yeah, like mid-December, mid-January, it's dark at 3.30 in the afternoon. You're like, what is going on here? Um, yep. Uh, the same one I'd have to spend winters in, in Seattle. Yes. Very, yeah. you know, very strange. I'm like, oh, yes, it's getting dark at like 6.30, 7 o'clock. I guess we're really getting into the depths of winter now. And then I start to think back and go, yeah. Think about your friends in Canada and New York and Maine. So, Time to get the tools in. Yes. Because you know? if they're not painted fluorescent orange, that's, that's it. You'll find them in the spring. That is where you are, where we're at – if we get that much snow, it'll be gone in about 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then 
that segues right into something we've already covered. What's the best advice you've been given or you have given? And I think we, we have a winner, like number one with a, with a bullet, with a, a freight train straight to the top, start small, start slow, get big, don't speed up. Heavy. Um, anything else? <laughs> well, I do a lot of logistics and assessment mm-hmm. for social movements. Right. And one of the things that I find is um, that people who are first coming into it are impatient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very impatient, um, and that can lead to depression. It can lead to anxiety, mm-hmm. um, and really, uh, the only thing that we have going for us is that we are in it for the long haul. I will do my best imitation of water dripping on a rock, <laughs> and someday we'll have public transportation mm-hmm. and. Coverage for healthcare. So, what I tell people is from um, from Jewish law mm-hmm. um, that there is a wonderful part about it from Rabbi Tolfer about you are not required to finish the work. Neither are you at liberty to abandon it. And that's that's something that it's really hard to grasp when you're young. Mm-hmm. And as we get older and as we realize that water dripping on rock is sometimes much more efficient than hammer banging on rock, very important. Uh, it also starts to cement in that whole... Um, I'm trying to think of a of a good way of saying it. Uh, the secession, secession planning, which is something I know right. a lot of orgs are terrible at. In that, there's the charismatic leader, but they never work towards who will replace them. What happens when they retire, move away, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but yeah, by by in that that you don't have to finish it, but you also don't have to. You don't stop. Right. Filters all that in together. Sorry, I'm interpreting and freestyling as I go because it's just, I, this is, wow. Well, see, <laughs> I am very lazy. I don't like to waste effort. I don't like to waste time. I don't like to walk the same road more than once. Mm-hmm. So if doing it slowly and methodically gets it done, I mean, I'm not advising, uh, I'm not against taking a broadsword to it either, if that's <laughs> the best way to get it done. But oftentimes, mm-hmm. it's a slog. Oh, yeah. And, and it's the part the history books don't record. And the star, you know, nobody's going to play you in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is somewhat reassuring to know that a thousand years ago, this was also the work. Yeah. Taking taking care of people, making changes, improving everybody's lives, one small day, one small step, one small effort at a time. 
And there's a great deal of satisfaction in knowing that it's impossible to put that toothpaste back in the tube. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we had we had our glorious moment last night, actually. The yep. um, uh, you saw that the town of or the the Chatham County in North Carolina, where I live, uh, finally said we're going to take down our Confederate memorial statue and put it in storage until the rightful owner can claim it. And uh, we've been working. Uh, many many months and and much verbal conflict, nothing physical to date uh, on it, and it's it's been slow and tough going and taking a lot of effort from a lot of people, right? But if you tried to hurry it, it just gets much much harder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. So. Uh, anything else? Well, in several of the podcasts, you talk about celebration. Uh, we, we're going to get to that. Oh, all right. We're going to get to that. So we're good. Yeah, we're, yeah, gonna yeah, go... we're good. We're good. Mm-hmm. So, nope. yeah, actually, I, I was thinking more along the, the advice category, because you've got two bombshells right here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am actually the person in the room mm-hmm. who tries not to say anything like that. Um, social movements and administration are full of advice. Yep. And almost nobody finds Mrs. Honey, who is the woman at Window Rock. Yeah. And I think, I think maybe you find that person when you need that. If somebody needs me to say it, Mm-hmm. We're generally in a bar yep. in Chicago, and <laughs> I'm too drunk to self-censor. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm 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 hoping that one of the people who needs to hear it right now is listening. I mean, that's that's why I do this. So excellent. So, and we're going to get to celebration. We've changed it so that we end on that one now, so that it's always on a happy oh. note. Um, so that brings us to the next one. Um, how do you deal with failure or missing a goal? Well, a lot of my projects are so long-term mm-hmm. and so slow-moving that I don't have a lot of failure. <laughs> it's one of those where if, you know, you can, you can capsize your sailboat but if you are driving an oil tanker, yep. you know, it, it, course corrections are harder to make, but you mm-hmm. can be intelligent about that. And you'll almost never, I shouldn't have used an oil tanker. <laughs> that's, that's okay. <laughs> a starship, maybe, is a better, is a better idea. I, if, yeah, I don't know. The physics are really different when you, have, when you don't have the resistance of water and all of that. The big ship. Big ship is is a much better, yeah. There you go, mm-hmm. a clipper. Yeah, one there of you those go. eight masted behemoths. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the the get big, stay slow. Mm-hmm. Well, you can see that object coming at you, and make mm-hmm. a tiny course correction, and there you go. I'm not totally vested in what the end product of most of my efforts looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, I 
am willing to let it, uh, for instance, plants. Plants are stuck oh, yeah. where you put them. So I tend to let them decide how they want to grow, where they want to grow, and take feedback from them. You haven't met our cucumbers. Well, <laughs> I'd love to meet your cucumbers. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't think we've had a cucumber that has been stuck where we put it so much as this is where I start to take over the world. <laughs> well, and then there's, then I, what yeah. I do with that one is I move it next to a like minded plant, and the soapport and the cucumbers can duke it out. <laughs> Um, yep. And leave the fennel alone. And leave yeah. the fennel alone. So things like mm -hmm. that. I don't. I had. Uh, I went to art school. Mm -hmm. I should confess. I should have confessed that earlier. And I had a sculpture teacher named Walter Erlbacher. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm not a three dimensional person, so uh, I don't see things that way easily. And he had his work cut out for for <laughs> him. And he finally sat down and. And made a bunch of gestures and said, you know, there is no such thing in sculpture, in form, as a depression. You are looking at the bottom of a curve. Yep. And so don't go making holes in things. That's not the way it happens. You are modeling the stuff around it. Mm -hmm. And... So that's what I try and think about when I think about the course of a project. Yeah. Wow. Um, and it, it really, uh, you know, I've been working in public advocacy around healthcare mm -hmm. for 40 years now. The fact that we don't have it yet doesn't yep. feel like a failure because I would never dishonor the memory of people who've gone down fighting for it. Mm -hmm. Um and I don't know what shape it will take when it happens. And I don't particularly care. <laughs> so I think that that inherent, uh, again, you know, sort of lazy in a way. Um, those are powerful forces. Yeah. Just being part of that is, is something. And the small stuff, you know, the, pie that was in the oven when I raced outside to break up a dog fight mm -hmm. or the painting that's the wrong scale for the canvas mm -hmm. or those seeds that really you should have planted in your hardiness zone I should not have planted in my hardiness <laughs> zone and vice versa <laughs> that's compost yeah that gets thrown back in the heap to grow something else yeah in my case it's worms now Oh, you're doing vermiculture. I'm doing vermiculture, and then when it looks like the worms are getting overcrowded, I feed them to the chickens. That that sounds harsh. Well, no, because the chickens get treats, right? The worms live a glorious life in their worm bin, eating all of the organic compost. And then when they start to get overcrowded, I lessen the pressure. The chickens get treats. Now, the side effect is that the Many worms escape, which means I'm also releasing worms into that portion of our yard, rehabbing the soil. The chickens are making eggs. The eggs go to us. And then the shells from the eggs go back into the compost for the worms. You know, I had a schizophrenic landlord in Philadelphia <laughs> who I came home 
to my apartment mm-hmm. after a summer away, and he had filled the four-story townhouse with plants, mm-hmm. pigeons, and cats <laughs> on the grounds that it would be a perpetually recycling environment. The cats would eat the pigeons, the pigeons would eat the plants, the cats would pass on and fertilize the plant life. Yeah. It it was not a happy picture. No. And the other side effect is that I also take excess worms and I take them over to our planters so that they can work with the the plants in the spring and rehab the soil there. And so, yeah, the, the worms produce um, leftover liquids, obviously, and mm-hmm. it's full of nutrients and uh, uh, bacteria and other microbiological agents that are incredibly good for plants, for soil rehabilitation. And we were, I was just taking gallon buckets of it, of it over to like our tomatoes and some other things. And it is just this amazing fertilizer. Huh. Cause all this stuff and it's mostly coffee grounds, not going to lie, uh, coffee grounds yeah. and eggshells that have gone into <laughs> our, our, my worm compost is now, you know, making these tomatoes grow like nobody's business. And some of that's Ursula, and I know some of it's the worm tea, but we're, we're already working on where else can we use this? Because there are um, agricultural methods that take the worm tea and um, uh, something char. I can't remember the name of it. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, biochar. Biochar, yeah. And by mixing the biochar and the worm tea, you get this apparently really good soil additive. That's completely uh, natural, right? Yep. And so it's it's sort of like the the worm bin may be one of the biggest, best things I've done for the garden, and I'm not a gardener, uh, uh, this year. Other than lift and move the the bags of manure as necessary. (laughs) Also very valuable. (laughs) Yes, yes. Plus, it's great to go out there and, and... roll aside some just a thin layer of dirt and just see all these squirmy worms and going the system works there were maybe yes. you know a hundred of them and now there's just so many um i never thought worms would make me so happy it really is a thing <laughs> you know insects are an underutilized oh, yeah. ex- social resource for humans mm-hmm. i keep bees yeah and yeah. they are an amazing insight into what you can have a relationship with. Yeah. Well, and there's, there's uh, also, you know, all the little, all the little scavengers show up. So there's uh, fly larvae and fruit flies and beetles and beetle larvae. Chickens love it when they find uh, a beetle larvae in the, in the, the worm treat as it were. Um, and it's just been amazing to watch because you don't really – it's not something you think about all the time. Usually by the time the insects show up, you're like, oh, God, something horrible has gone wrong. Right. You know, instead of let's invite them in. This is all part of the process. Yeah. Okay. So thinking about that sort of a happy thing uh, – and now here's your celebration question. Do you celebrate your successes and if so, how? Well, I thought that was a really interesting thing to add, um, mm-hmm. to ask, because it's not something I think about a lot. But when I have something to celebrate, what I do is I document it. 
in as many places and ways as possible. It's a way of keeping it. Mm-hmm. It's it's just like buying a grand piano <laughs> or a Persian carpet mm-hmm. or you know treating yourself to a spa day. So. An example would be, say, the garden. Mm -hmm. I have been working to increase soil quality and quantity, removing trees and rocks for airflow and water flow, Mm -hmm. adding domestic bees, encouraging habitat for wild pollinators, Mm -hmm. and that led to increasing habitat for amphibians, reptiles, bird habitat, and it's a tremendous success. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's coming to a certain cusp, in a way. Yeah. Um, and so the way that I'm celebrating that is that my formerly pretty traditional still life paintings of mm-hmm. flowers and fruit, this mm-hmm. coming set have animals in them. Oh, okay. Insects, mm-hmm. toads. Um, <laughs> The Canada geese, oh, yeah. uh, the brown leghorn rooster. Um, <laughs> so that's a way for me to incorporate the good part of mm-hmm. what happened. Um, and that's probably a motif, actually, now that I think about it. If I have a significant event, I make something physical from it. I compose a piece of music. I include it. In an essay, I make a basket out of it. I draw a picture of it. Um, huh. It it manifests some way. That's that's really cool. That's that's much better than I went out and celebrated, and so I bought a ceramic chicken at the fair. Although that's kind of cool. Yeah, no, it, it, it's even um, it's it's even the one one of them was a mermaid this time. Oh. These little tiny ceramic mermaids. I, I have no idea who made them. I'll have to post. I'll have to find it and post it in the show notes. <laughs> Document, right? Yeah, yeah. Either that or next year at the fair, I'll go to the North Carolina Pottery Tent and go, all right, who was this again? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess thinking about it, probably the mm-hmm. better word for it would be if I am happy about something, mm-hmm. I acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Acknowledge your successes. And again, something we, not all of us do. Uh, and one of the consistent themes on this question over the past two years has been, you know, I should do better about that. You could teach a master class. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, it's um, incredibly satisfying. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Anything else for us before we get to the obligatory self-promotion slash where to find you online? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say that I I had a very good time talking about mm-hmm. all of this. Uh, people are not my preferred drink, That's generally. Fair. Yeah, And uh, so it's interesting to intersect with another human about ourselves Mm -hmm. you know we didn't have an agenda we don't need to figure out how many buses need to go to uh 
<laughs> you know, Hartford next week. Right. right. Um, so we're doing something different than that, mm-hmm. and that that's fun. Yeah. Awesome. Well, where I may we... have to make a basket. There you go. <laughs> just just put a little ceramic chicken in it for me. That's all I ask. <laughs> Where can we find you online if you if you feel like sharing? I do have a blog. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Art and Bees, Bees and Art. Okay. And if you search Amy Polian, uh, you can find that. I've actually um, – I have an Instagram account under Amy Polian. And because I'm a visual person who records, mm-hmm. that stuff is like crack. Right. Yeah, I, I find myself paying less and less attention to things like Facebook and much more to the media streams on Twitter and Instagram these days because and maybe it's just my choice in followers. It just seems so much more uplifting. Yes, and mm-hmm. also because I'm not particularly vested in my solo narrative. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in your narrative. Yep. Uh, to some extent, in how it intersects mine um, in however many weird ways we can make that happen. And I'm also <laughs> interested in throwing out there what it looks like in any given moment. Yeah. That's the acknowledgement. That's That's another way of doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to now. I'm gonna have to go after we're done. I'm gonna have to go just let all this sink in for like an hour or so. Ursula's gonna be like, "Do you want to watch a, a another issue of the, the Great British Baking Show?" I'm like, "Hang on, I'm still digesting this interview." <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, this has been an absolute joy. Thank you. Likewise. Right. Yeah. And uh, for the folks at home, we will be right back after this. I hope you enjoyed my talk with Amy. I certainly did and look forward to talking to her again in the future. So this week, our badge code is bees and art, all one word, bees and art. And if you want to find out how you can collect this badge and the other badges we give out here at Productivity Alchemy, just head on over to productivityalchemy.com and look at the badge how to under the badges menu item. It should explain everything, and if it doesn't, well, then send me a note. You can send me email at kevin at sunny.com or through the comment section of the website. I do read them all, and unless you tell me not to, I'm likely to read them on air, too. So just keep that in mind when you send them in. You can support us or any of the other 
podcasts or, or things we do around here via Patreon, patreon.com slash Ursula V. You can also support us at Kofi, uh, ko-fi.com slash K-S-O-N-N-E-Y. Uh, one is Ursula's Patreon, and you get to help support this and all the podcasts we do, as well as buy food for Kevin and Ursula eat cheap, as well as new equipment for the studio, stuff like that. You also get all of her self-published books uh, a little bit newer, sooner than – Sergey, don't love the microphone. Sergey, don't love the microphone. Um, Sergey was loving the microphone, as you might have noticed. You get Ursula's self-published books earlier than uh, the rest of the people, and you get them for free. They're not uh, – just as part of your Patreon subscription, so that's cool. Uh, Kofi, you're buying me coffee. I am a coffee-driven person, at least for the first eight hours of the day. Uh, I probably should cut back a little. I'm not sure. Uh, you can also support us by sharing this with your friends, promoting um, – things like that. The only other thing is because it is a rough time for a lot of people out there and especially in uh, some of the more rural areas of the country, uh, you can also support us by supporting your local food bank and your local animal rescue. That is something we are really believe in both cases and think that, uh, you know, people shouldn't go hungry and that pets shouldn't be dumped or lost or stuck out in the roads, as it were. So, hey, that's that. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email them to me, send them through the comment section of the website, and we'll be back next week. In the meantime, at least try to stay productive.